الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر ان الانسان لفي خسر الا الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ان الله تعالى لا ينظر الى اجسامكم ولا الى صوركم ولكن ينظر الى قلوبكم واعمالكم او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم respected students of deen mothers and sisters <coughs> as we have discussed on many occasions that our object and purpose of studying at the madrasa is not just to acquire some information or to improve academically only that we learn a lot of kitabs and we have some good knowledge of arabic maybe or urdu or we can be well equipped with various sciences that itself is not the objective there is always certain things which are the essence the real core aspect and there are other things which are secondary like for example insan for that matter there are certain things or there is something which is the core issue and other aspects are then on the next level in terms of insan the real thing is his heart and what he has in his heart what kind of then actions that heart produces that is the core aspect and the secondary thing is the person's physical condition in terms of what the person appears like what is the appearance what is the person's color what is a person's height or what is a person's uh other aspects of the external self beauty etc these are all very secondary things now when a person does not realize what is primary what is the main objective what is secondary then we mix up things <coughs> just to understand how things get mixed up <coughs> one person bought a cow so now he paid a very big price for it it was a very big expensive cow <clears throat> bought the cow and brought it home so everybody came and they started looking at the cow and they are congratulating him mashallah beautiful cow you bought and uh, somebody thought he bought it for the milk so they said this cow gives excellent milk somebody thought maybe he's going to slaughter it for qurbani so he said no what uh, a wonderful cow the size and everything else so eventually somebody asked him that what did you buy this cow for so he said actually i wanted the dung he wanted the cow dung the droppings 
So for the droppings, he bought the cow. Now everybody would understand that what is a what a foolish fellow this is, that he gave so much of importance to the dung, that he bought the cow for the dung. And he wasn't interested in the milk, not interested in that this might serve as a very good korbani animal, or anything of that nature. He had no other objective, or he didn't focus on any of these things. His focus was, he wants the cow dung. And that's what he bought the cow for. So cow dung you would have found lying around anywhere. He could have picked it up for free also. But he bought the cow for this. Now what a foolish person this is. Now this is when a person doesn't know what is the main thing and what is the secondary issue. So likewise, we also sometimes mix up things. Like for example, people give worth to themselves based on what they perhaps may own. Somebody has a lot of wealth. So as a result of the wealth, the person says, I am somebody. It's like that cow is excellent because of the dung. So Because there is a lot of dung, you say the cow is excellent. Now imagine a person places the worth on the cow as a result of the dung. Say this person doesn't know anything. That you can't base the worth of the cow on the basis of the dung. That is something which is a trivial thing. It doesn't, it has got no significance. And it is something that you don't consider in any way in considering the worth of the cow. So likewise, this insan, this human being, his worth is not based on what he has in terms of material possessions. Somebody has a very nice car. Somebody has a lot of wealth. These are all ni'mats from Allah Ta'ala. Somebody earned it in a halal way. Alhamdulillah, they will use it. They will make shukr over it. That shukr will also take them closer to Allah Ta'ala. But owning that car, having that wealth, having some good clothing, for example having a lot of jewelry maybe, having some kind of other material comforts, all this doesn't make a person anything. All this doesn't make a person anything. Anything at all. Otherwise, Karun would have been somebody very big. Because Karun had that amount of wealth that the Quran Sharif speaks about it. Inna Karuna kana min qawmi Musa he rebelled against Musa salam and Allah Ta'ala is then saying that we gave him so much of wealth that the keys to the treasuries, let alone the wealth itself, just merely the keys to the safes, to the strong rooms and whatever else. There were so many keys because there were so many rooms of this nature that a whole group of strong people would have had difficulty carrying only the keys. Subhanallah, what an eloquent way the Quran Sharif describes the amount of wealth that Qarun was given. But what became his end result? A total failure. A complete failure. He was actually destroyed by being swallowed up by the earth so the person who has a lot of wealth may have a lot of possessions may have a lot of fame in the world in terms of dunya 
all these things don't make a person anything. And many a times, we also get caught up, we see others aspiring for these things, trying to get these things, making an effort for these things, and making this the object of their lives, we also feel that if we have this, then we are somebody. We don't have it, we are nobody. Whereas that is a complete misconception, it is something totally baseless, it is foolish to think in that way, because when a person leaves this world, and when will a person leave this world, can anybody guess? Can anybody say with certainty that they got another 20 years to live, or 10 years to live, or 5 years to live? Can anybody say they got still one more year left? Can anybody say they got one month, or one week? Forget one month and one week, we can't say whether we got the end of this day. So when a person suddenly leaves, what is going to count? It is going to be what a person has in that heart, and what kind of amal the person did. All the other things are not going to count. So the important thing is to build the heart. Outside things, Allah Ta'ala blesses somebody with a halal ni'mat, alhamdulillah. And the person doesn't have it, person is still content. Never looking around, somebody has this, somebody has that, and therefore I also have to have it because others got it, I don't have it, I am deprived. Or somebody is flying around and somebody is going for umrah and somebody is going for hajj every year and whatever else, so I don't have it, so I am deprived. No, no, we don't bring any complaint in our heart as well, or we don't feel that we have been deprived in any way from Allah Ta'ala. Yes, we make dua, no harm in asking Allah Ta'ala, but we don't compare ourselves to anybody else and feel why didn't we get what that person got. No, we are content with what Allah Ta'ala has given us, and we want something, we'll ask from Allah Ta'ala alone. We will turn to Him alone, and beg from Him, no problem in asking from Allah Ta'ala. Somebody wants some halal ni'mat, ask Allah Ta'ala, by all means. But we won't look at what others have and feel that if we don't have it, we are now deprived and we are nobody. That is not the way to go. So the bottom line is that we have to make the heart. And the heart related to it is then the amal, our actions. That is what counts. Now this heart is a very, very sensitive thing. The heart gets affected by what a person looks at. The heart gets affected by what a person speaks Somebody speaks all the time. Wrong things, for example. The heart gets affected wrongly. Somebody keeps speaking positive things. The heart gets affected positively. A person keeps speaking of all the negatives. Keeps complaining. Keeps talking of all the hard times. Or whatever else, all the negatives. Everybody has some difficulties. Everybody has some problem. Everybody has some ups and downs. Now, a person keeps talking about just the difficulties, keeps talking about the hardships, keeps talking about all the negative things. The heart must get affected. The heart will be then sunken in grief. Because the person is only talking about negatives. Likewise, a person only keeps listening to negatives. This requires a heart like the heart of the Ahlullah, who hear everybody's problems, the whole world's problems. They hear about everybody is now asking for a solution to my problem, that person, his problem, everybody, and they absorb it all, and they carry on with life, this is their hearts. People like us, we don't have that capacity. 
we should, yes, if somebody has some difficulty, this does not mean that we will ignore the person. If the person wants to be consoled or we should be consoling, we will do that. But that consoling also is a positive thing. We will be directing the person towards that which will make him feel positive also. But if a person just keeps listening to the negatives the whole day and night, it's going to make a person feel negative. So we need to listen to people's difficulties for the sake of consoling them, but we don't get immersed in this the whole day and night of things that don't relate to us directly. We know what is going on around the world, we will make dua for them, but now the person is all the time immersed in this place what happened, that place what happened, that place what happened, all the details, etc., etc. Everybody doesn't have the capacity for this. In general, we know what's going on, we make dua for them. We cry to Allah Ta'ala for the entire ummah. We do what is in our capacity to help our brothers and sisters throughout the world. And the thing that every one of us can do is dua. Ask ourselves in the past week, for example, did we make dua every day? Or did we, how many times we made dua in this whole week for all our suffering brothers and sisters throughout the world? So what we can do, we don't do. Oh, if we do it, we do it so little that it doesn't even add up to anything much. And we just appease ourselves, we've done something. And merely just listening to stories like some news item and then forgetting about it, that doesn't serve any purpose besides making us just more negative ourselves. So we go to turn to Allah Ta'ala. And we are talking about the heart that what we see affects our heart. What we listen to affects our heart. What we think affects our heart. Now for example, somebody keeps talking good of others. So they are speaking good of others, they will start feeling good within themselves. And if somebody has the habit of making ghibat all the time, always finding faults with others, and picking on their faults, and talking about it, this person is like this, that person is like that. One is such a major sin, such a terrible sin. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Al ghibatu ashaddu minaz zina. That ghibat is worse than zina, worse than adultery. Can we imagine, Allah forbid, Allah forbid, that now somebody got slipped up in a guna, in a sin. That is this terrible. And it became public knowledge. The person is so disgraced, feels so embarrassed. Whereas a person now has made toba with Allah Ta'ala, the person has settled the matter. But because now the public came to know about it, the person can't dare to venture in front of people now. Because it's so disgraceful. It is so humiliating. It is so terrible. It is disgusting. That's such a terrible sin. So it is. And that feeling is because it is so terrible. But in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Ghibat is worse than that. And do we think of it like that? That if we made Ghibat of somebody, then what a terrible thing we've done. How disgusting, how nauseating, how utterly humiliating that a person made ghibat of somebody else and on top of that we just laugh it off, we think nothing about it. How terrible this is. But do we think of it like that? We sit down 
idle discussions wherever at home with our family, with our relatives, at functions or it's a weekend, we're sitting maybe it, in the madrasa, it's a break time, we're sitting now and talking with our friends. What are we talking at home with our family members, with our relatives, with our cousins, with at functions or whatever, or in the madrasa when we are talking to our friends, what are we talking about? Are we talking about somebody else? Then what are we talking about somebody else? Is it something positive? If the person comes to know that somebody spoke this about me, would he be happy? Would she be happy? Or that person be hurt? That person will dislike it. If that person will dislike it, then Nabi Islam has already declared that the action that this we have committed, Allah forbid, by talking about talking some ill about the next person, this is worse than that terrible, disgusting, humiliating, nauseating deed, that sin, that guna, such a terrible guna of zina. What has just been then done in the form of ghibat is worse. But when certain things become common, widespread, then everybody just turns a blind eye to it or does not give it any consideration, does not think anything about it. So this is how terrible this is. Now when a person keeps making ghibat, every now and again is talking ill of somebody. Now that impacts on the heart. The heart becomes totally darkened. The heart becomes hardened towards good deeds. That heart becomes immersed in that darkness of sin. And now that heart is only drawn towards wrong and evil. Because such a terrible deed is being committed so regularly. And even one time is bad enough. Until and unless a person then makes genuine, sincere toba, And if whoever was spoken ill of, that person has come to know, then that person's forgiveness is also sought. Otherwise the least is that in that gathering, where the person was spoken ill of, then a person retracts it. That what I did was wrong. That person is not like that. I shouldn't have spoken like that. So in any case, this was a bit of a digression, but it's an important topic. By chance, we moved off the road and came into this topic of ghibat. What we are saying actually is, that what a person speaks, that will impact on the heart. A person speaks good of others, then that will bring a good impact on the heart. That will make a person feel positive. A person speaks ill of others. and Keeps talking wrong. So that's a terrible deed. That's a terrible son of ghibat. And it creates a negativity in one's own heart. We don't realize it. We only think that we had fun talking about others. But it is a silent poison that is poisoning our own hearts. And later in time, when a person's heart is now completely deadened towards good, person only wants to find some wrong to do. Person is only being driven and being uh, pulled towards haram. Person feels, I don't know what's going on. Again, there's something else coming to mind, but these diversions are all for our benefit. So the topic was something, inshallah, we don't finish what we meant to discuss. We'll discuss it in the next week, but something very important coming to mind. One friend, just a day or two ago, uh, wrote an email, and in the process he discussed that many years back, he had decided that he will become very, very conscious about his food. He would not eat anything from anywhere else. He started slaughtering his own chicken, started slaughtering his own sheep, once a month, whatever it was, as he needed. 
he would slaughter his sheep and his own chicken and he stopped eating from anywhere out and stopped eating anything that he wasn't 100% certain about all these things that are commercially produced he stopped eating all that too not that we are saying that everything is haram out there but he became very very conscious and he was being very careful about it see the time came when this this thought used to come to his mind this thought used to come to his mind after some time of eating in this manner only that where are all those haram thoughts that used to keep bothering me that even the thoughts are not coming let alone not doing the haram let alone not getting involved in sin he was actually wondering that what even happened to those thoughts even the thoughts are not coming and then he says he went for Umrah and when he went for Umrah he felt to himself that well here I am here in the Mubarak lands everything is 100% here it can't be anywhere any, any other way so he started eating from anywhere and he says now he is right outside the Haram Sharif he is finding it difficult to wake up in time and make his Salah with Jama'ah in the Haram Sharif can we imagine now a person is living at home far away from the Mubarak lands and he is even wondering that what happened to those haram thoughts how come I am not even troubled by that whereas that is not something that if a person is troubled by haram thoughts then it definitely means something is wrong with his food that is a whispering of nafs and shaitan and a person has to keep making the mujahada but when a person is super conscious of his food then it has such a positive effect that the person is taking these pains, these extra pains, it has such a positive effect that now even that has served as a barrier to the whisperings of nafs and shaitan. And now the person is gone, he's gone to the Mubarak lands, he's outside the Haram Sharif, you can say, he's living in the hotel that is right in front, and he can't seem to wake himself up in time to make it for Salah with Jama'ah in the Haram Sharif, and he's feeling himself completely deadened. See, a few days passed like this. One day again, he's, as he's entering the hotel, he happened to ent- enter from a side entrance. And he sees some chicken being delivered. So he went closer and he looked at the packaging himself and he sees this is all imported from Brazil. In that particular hotel at that time, we're not making any blanket judgments here. But nevertheless, the caution that we have to ex- exercise in these things is evident. So... that too was not any fatwa that that particular chicken was haram which he was eating but nevertheless the effects were there now what where these effects came from it came from the good effects came from the super caution that he was exercising with regards to his food and when that caution dropped the negative impact came so all these things have an impact on the heart what a person speaks what a person listens to what a person now, this eating out is such a norm, has become such a culture. And people can't do without it. And anywhere and everywhere. And repeatedly. The least is going to happen is that that staff that are preparing it, they are looking at it, the customers are looking at it, others are passing by, everybody is looking at it, everybody's eyes are falling on it. It can't happen that that effect to some degree doesn't come. That effect must come. That person doesn't decide, Bismillah, Allah knows best, what is in that person's, on that person's tongue, somebody is 
cooking that thing, while they're cooking it, what they, they're singing some song, Allah forbid sometimes somebody is singing some church song, and they're cooking that food. Now where can that barakat come in that food, where somebody was singing some church song and, and cooking that food? Because they, they, this carries on, they hymn their own things, and somebody does it, somebody doesn't do it. That barakat with which, that mother, that sister, that daughter, cooked it in the home, she took the name of Allah Ta'ala, she read Bismillah, and every now and then while in the course of that cooking, she's saying some, some, some zikr is on her tongue. Every now and again, she's saying, Allahumma khfirli, or she's reciting Durud Sharif once in a while, or she's saying Subhanallah once in a while, or something positive is in the heart. So that barakat that will come in that food, where can that food that is commercially being produced out there, cooked by anyone, not that we're saying it's haram, but that person is hymning some church song and cooking it. Somebody's nazar is falling on it who is a complete person far away from deen. Now, when that food is cooked, one is it's uncooked, it's in a raw form, but when it's cooked, it's appetizing, no matter who cooked it. It's appetizing so that people's eyes fall on it, people's nazar falls on it because it's attracting now, it's tempting. So even that person cooking it also feels tempted so he's looking at it with a different eye one is something uncooked piece of meat is just lying there nobody really looks at it nobody really gives it much attention but now it has been just grilled and it's all uh, presented in a very attractive manner and it tempts anybody so anybody looks at it with a different eye that is passing through the customers and others so everybody's eyes fall on it so where can that food compare in barakat to that food prepared at home where somebody has taken the name of Allah Ta'ala, every now and again they are reciting some zikr, some tasbih, every now and again they are making some istighfar, that has a completely different effect. And that brings noor in the heart, that food brings noor in the heart. Here is a different story. So all this affects the heart, and the heart is king. So what a person speaks, what a person listens to, what a person thinks, this affects the heart. A person has positive thoughts about everything around, about people, always looking for the positive in everything. Then that positivity will affect our hearts, we'll feel positive from within. The shukar, shukar is also a thought. One is the verbal shukar, but that shukar is in the heart. It's a thought, it's in the mind. It makes the person feel positive. person is finding the positive in everything. Like that Buzrug who was walking, and somebody threw one whole pot of some curry or something out of the window. So it fell all on this person's clothes. New clothes. He just walked, void, brand new clothes and came. And now when this curry fell on him, so, well this is a different story actually. Uh, what I meant to say was one, one, one story was, the person was walking and somebody threw this ash from the window. And when it fell on him, he said, Alhamdulillah. So the person, people walking around with him, they said to that Buzrug, you saying, Alhamdulillah, this ash fell on you. He said, I am a shukar that I am such a person who deserved fire to fall on him. And I was saved from that, only ash came. So I made shukar that fire didn't come. So he didn't look at the ash, he looked towards the fire that didn't come. So that was what he said, Alhamdulillah on. But what a positive mind that he turned his mind towards what is going to make him feel good. Otherwise he could have 
focused all his attention on that ash and felt so miserable and so terrible and so down and so depressed and so everything. But he looked at the positive fire didn't come. So a person sometimes doesn't have something, he's looking at those who don't have even a home to live in. Those who are standing in a queue for a meal, which they're getting after two days. In Syria, people are standing in queues, they're getting, some are getting a meal, every third day they're getting one meal. Every second day they're getting one meal. And if they get one meal in the day, yesterday they got a meal, one meal for the day and today, again they got one meal in the day, that's like a very big thing. For so many people. Now a person who didn't get the food they liked, then they are not in any way troubled by this. They say, Alhamdulillah, I got food. There are people who don't have food to eat. They are starving. Give this to them, they will regard it as Eid. So now the person who thinks positively, so his heart is immersed in shukar, then he thinks positively of people around. Doesn't because this too is shaitan, makes a person negative by making us think negatively about others. And this is the one of the biggest weapons of shaitan to create negativity all around. Shaitan whispers badgumani, evil thoughts in our hearts about others, ill thoughts in our hearts about others, and creates suspicion on everything, keeps creating suspicion. Shaitan, all he does is, he whispers the suspicion. Then he goes away, he does his own job after that. Now this person gets caught up in that suspicion. And from that suspicion, one thought after the other, that person passed me, she didn't make salam. Why she didn't make salam to me? Okay, yesterday I didn't share that chocolate I was eating. So, I didn't mean to deprive her, but now it's just that five people were already there with me. So, now I didn't give her, that's why she didn't make salam to me. But no, it's not only that because I didn't give her the chocolate, she doesn't like me also. That's the problem. She doesn't like me. I know that. When sometimes she looks at me, I can just see that hatred in her eyes. And uh, no, it's not only that too, she doesn't like me also. But last year, my sister was in her sister's class and they had a fight. So that's why she doesn't like me now, because last year my sister was in her sister's class and they had a fight. Now all this, now that poor person passed us and didn't make salam, because at that moment she was so absorbed in some thought, she didn't even realize who she's passing. Now she doesn't have any issue in her heart. We have already gone to last year's fight between her sister and our sister. And maybe somebody might even go, that no, no, it's not only there. You see, my great-granny and her great-granny, they could never see eye to eye. So that great-granny, both are already in the covers and the grave. So now that story is gone to the great-grannies now already. Now where this started off from? From that one suspicion that shaitan whispered in the hearts. Now where the story is gone to the great-grannies already? It might just be something on the lighter side that we are saying it like this. But the reality is that shaitan brings in all these whispers and puts the suspicion and baseless thoughts and now a person's mind is grinding away on that. Person's mind is now running amok. Person's mind is just running wild. One thing after the other. Now that suspicion doesn't stop there. What it does then? That suspicion and that ill thought of the next person then leads to ghibat.
First it will lead to Bhutan also. Now, something came in my heart, that person doesn't like me. That person doesn't even know anything. Now this thing keeps running in my mind. So now, I tell her, that the person doesn't like me. She has got it in for me. She just hates me. She doesn't even know anything. I'm talking to somebody now. This, what is this? This is Bhutan. It's a complete slander. And a person who commits slander in Bhutan on the day of Qiyamah, that person will be stopped on the Pulsirat, on the bridge across Jahannam. And told, first you bring proof for what you said, for what you slandered. And if you can't find proof, then you fall from here. Now, as it is, it is Bhutan. It is slander. Where are we going to find proof for it? So, what a dangerous thing. And if we don't slander the person, then we start making ribat. And we just discussed just now what a terrible thing ribat is. Now, where this came from? From the wrong thought. We don't look after our thoughts. We just run amok with the thoughts. Just think of anything. Think anything of anybody. Whereas, shaitan whispered that that's shaitan's job. Immediately to reprimand oneself. When shaitan whispers these ill thoughts, these negative thoughts about others, that you got proof for this? What basis you got for thinking like this? Will you be able to give the evidence on the day of Qiyamah? And now you want to talk to somebody about it? If it is true also, it will be ribad. What a terrible sin. What a disgusting sin. What a totally nauseating thing. And then if it is not true, then it will become bohtan. It is even worse than ribad. So now to immediately reprimand oneself, to scold oneself, how can you think like this of somebody? Is it correct to think of someone like this? Allah Ta'ala is watching your heart to talk to oneself and reprimand oneself and scold oneself. That where is your fear of Allah Ta'ala? How are you going to answer for this on the day of Qiyamah? And then to talk to ourselves in, on this note also. That what a foolish thing this is. You're just making yourself feel negative. You're just darkening your own heart. You're just making yourself get distance from Allah Ta'ala. What a foolish thing. Think good of everybody. Think positively of everybody. Why get caught up in this? So when a person will think like this, then you will find that muhabbat in families, that muhabbat in communities, that muhabbat among friends, that muhabbat in wherever interaction is taking place between people. Unfortunately, many families, many communities are all broken down because of this issue that we do not have this kind of thing of thinking positively of being considerate, of, of, of considering what we're thinking and to be concerned that we don't think negatively of others when shaitan is whispering something that we have to repel this thought of shaitan. We don't get caught up in this thoughts of shaitan. These are the things that we have to. Now, when we will think positively, then we will find that we will become conscious of this. Otherwise, we'll just be going down full swing in all the negative thoughts what becomes the situation is our hearts become negative. As we think about others, we are poisoning our own hearts. Now, at that time, it just seemed that we were just thinking. We were just thinking of somebody, nothing else. But it's poisoning our hearts. And now when we got nothing to think about, we're not thinking about anybody, but we're still feeling down. We're still feeling low. We're still feeling depressed. We're still feeling negative. Why? Because we've been poisoning our heart. So now sometimes a person says, I don't know why I'm feeling down. I'm feeling down. I got no I don't know what, what's the problem. Now there's no problem too, but it's a problem now. So where the problem came from, it came from our own doing, from the negative thoughts. 
So either a person is thinking negatively in the sense that I'm deprived, I don't have what that person has, and I need to get this, and I need to do that. Whereas what we need to do is, we need to get to Allah Ta'ala. We need to recognize our Creator. We need to get the muhabbat and the love of Allah Ta'ala. And muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala is such a sweet thing, that when that will come in the heart, then everything else will fade away from us. Everything else will fade from our hearts. We can only talk about it, but we see this reality in the lives of the Ahlullah. That how everything just faded away. Hazrat Muhammad Yunus Rahmatullah once told somebody who was very close to him, he said, look, I can't tell this openly to anybody because I need to make everybody feel comfortable. It mustn't feel, be that anybody then feels uh, difficult about something. But he says that I have no feeling for any of these worldly things anymore. But in order to make others comfortable, I engage in some of the things that will make others feel comfortable. Otherwise, in other words, for example, somebody presented something, so he'll make it feel, mashallah, that I'm really looking forward to this, I actually wanted it, whereas the heart was totally disinclined from all the material things. And some years before he passed away, he mentioned this to somebody very close to him, that this is the thing that all these material things and whatever else, I do it for the comfort of others and for the happiness of others. My heart is totally empty from all this now. Sometimes Allah Ta'ala makes certain things come out on the tongues of the Ahlullah so that later on when they've left, others will take a lesson from it. Others will understand that there's something beyond these trivial things of these material possessions, these worthless things. There's something beyond that. That, which is the reality. These are just all deceptions. All these things are just deceptions. The reality is the akhirat and getting the love of Allah Ta'ala, bringing the reality of the recognition of Allah Ta'ala in our hearts. So when a person is thinking on these lines, the person's heart is absorbed in that direction, the person will be positive. And when the person is now thinking only negatively, I don't have this, I don't have that, that person is going here, that person is going there, I don't have these things or thinking negatively about people, this person is like this, that person is like that, or talking negative about people, then what we are doing is we are poisoning our hearts. And when that poison sits in, now it is affecting us. Everything is getting affected. Person's actions are getting affected. And the heart is king. Allah Ta'ala wants that heart to be shining. That heart to be beautiful. And that heart will be beautiful when it is cleaned out of all this filth, of all this dirt, and a person in any clean place feels comfortable. When the heart is clean, the person will be at peace. The person will be comfortable. The person will enjoy being in that situation. Because in a clean place, anybody feels happy. But when the place is filthy, place has got full of muck, then the person doesn't have any pain, any sickness, but that person too is totally feeling difficult, feeling... That, that headache will start there. So this is the effort that we have to make to bring the reality into our hearts. Make an effort on our hearts. Keep the negativity away from us. Don't focus on the material things. This is worthless. It has no worth. It comes as a ni'mat without us hankering after it, that we will appreciate it. We will make the shukr of Allah Ta'ala. We will use it in a correct way, in a halal way, in a way that will bring us closer to Allah Ta'ala. But if we don't have it, 
we will be content. We will make the shukr of Allah on what we have. And we will be happy with Allah Ta'ala. And we will be focusing on making our hearts. That is the real thing. Every person will be focusing on making the heart. Because this is the true worth. And this will make our life in dunya also a pleasure. And it will gain for us the everlasting bounties of the hereafter. And the high stages of Jannat. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala grant us the reality of deen. May Allah Ta'ala bless us with his muhabbat. Fill our hearts with his love. May Allah Ta'ala grant us his raza and pleasure. And make us his true servants. Give us the reality of Iman, the strength of Iman, keep us with Iman, take us with Iman, and raise us on the day of Qiyamah with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Sahaba Kiram and the Awliya of the Ummah, and grant us the high stages of Jannah. Wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu. ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين